Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week of the European Tour Picks and Bets Ryder Cup, baby. We have made it one of the biggest events of the year. Tom, how's it going? Oh, man, it's good. It's uh, it's tough because uh, I'm obviously a European Ryder Cup fan. And everywhere I've been, I've been saying that Europe are going to lose. Uh, I do still believe that, as we'll come on to further on in the show. Um, but I'm excited to hear you. Your point of view that maybe might talk me out of that and make me feel better about my chances. Yeah, I've uh, I think I've had the classic feelings about the Ryder Cup as it goes. USA, you know, I don't understand how they won't win by every single point out there. Just blitz the team, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get building up the momentum. You think, okay, obviously we have the kind of emotional side of what's happening for the the U.S. team not riding very well. You know, maybe there's some guys that are going to be under the radar for the European Tour team. You know, maybe they can find a spot for Christopher Broberg and he makes every single putt. You know, can they add him on real last minute? Because what a performance that was by him to break that six-year winless streak. It really was. I mean, the guy made everything. Um, Congrats to him. Um, you know, we had our challenge tour boys that were up there on the leaderboard a little bit. Um, so the Dutch Open did not who really your, go. Who was your guy on the challenge tour that went really well? Marcus Heligildi. Heligildi. <laughs> I think that's I think that's it. I'm rather sure chicken. that's it. But we, Tom, I, I I need to stop betting all 72 holes. If you just give me 18 holes, we have four winners in a row. Four. Niall Kearney, who clear. And, and, you know, I'm sitting here. They're, they're nowhere even sniffing the leaderboard by Sunday. They're just 18 holes. That's all they got. So I, I, look at me in the eye. Next week, we're betting first-round leaders on all of the guys that are on our cards, okay? We're going to have to, aren't we? Because I don't know <laughs> if it's a combination of the markets not being out at the times we record the show. I don't know. It's just, I mean, I've never really been a big guy of first-round leaders, but everyone we bet now we are just going to do the first round leader as well it's just going to be instead of doing the win in the each way let's just go win a first round leader and just yeah, maybe first round leader each way too let's just do it all yeah i mean let's just lose loads of money it'd be great um but look what tell you where we're not going to lose money this week is the rider cup because we've got a great uh look into the prop market i think um some some side action there I'm just trying to figure out the DraftKings strategy. Uh, it does say in the information here that each player will play a minimum of two matches, which I don't quite know how that works, because if you've got a guy that just plays the singles, I guess that doesn't happen, I hope, and you're not going to pick guys that are going to do that. Um, but, you know, there's just some working out for me to do. Yeah, I think it's very – I love these weeks because it's strategy-based. It is so much variance that can come into, you know, Ryder Cups as we've seen – you know, the, the European tour side, you know, pull off some miracles here and there and where we can get some some ownership discounts on golfers that we think are going to be playing, you know, a good amount of matches. I think that's really where our conversation is going to lead today because we're really just going to deep dive only on our 12 European tour or, or European um, representatives for the Ryder Cup and just dig into who's going to be going out on Friday, you know, and in my opinion, it's difficult for me to trust that you're going to get a significant amount of matches if you're not playing Friday morning. You know, how often, I don't think it's happened, maybe Poulter at Medina, where a golfer who didn't go out first ended up being the leading scorer for that team. So we really need to look into those eight golfers and maybe find some edges on who we think and what salaries can differentiate with it. So there's been 
they, they group together guys right in the interview process that's hope that's come out this evening has led to a lot of speculation about who's going to be partnered together yep. um can you read those for us do you have it in front of you right now i don't but i can get them let's just have a look i always put you one of us puts each other on the spot we do just... i normally do it to you so it's fair that you do it to me once okay uh, so i will get it up here because it was definitely very surprising um based off of and again if you are simply thinking that you know pressers in four means which it has in the past in in a loose way meant they were going out i have it up if you haven't found it yet okay okay so it was rory hovland lee westwood and sergio garcia was one the next one was polter lowry fleetwood and weisberger and the last one was casey fitz hatton and rom so okay. those were the groups. So you'd imagine if you look, I mean, I don't want to say this is exactly what's happening. Maybe Harrington is throwing a curveball to, you know, off the jump, which I would love. I think there needs to be some type of psychological edge that they continue to kind of give the U.S. side um, or or dig into it to, to create a bigger edge for them on the U.S. side. Um, but if it is this way, I'm very shocked. Um, so from the top, I guess, Tom, who – are you thinking goes out on thir- or Friday morning? Okay, so before that came out, because from that I would say that it would be uh, Rory and Hovland who have spoken about wanting to play to one another, and Sergio and Westwood who are formidable in foursomes back in the day. Whether they can do that this golf course, I don't know. Um, I was very, very adamant, and it's a personal point of view, that I wanted John Rahm and Victor Hovland to go out first of all. Uh, a couple of reasons. John Rahm has just been snubbed for player of the year um, by his fellow players, which again, he's going to get to take on a lot of those in this Ryder Cup uh, situation here, especially if he goes up against Patrick Cantley. Um, Victor Hovland is a guy that I think can match John Rahm, and I think that's massive. I don't think John Rahm is a kind of personality that wants to have to drag a player that isn't at his level up to his game. You're never going to partner him and Rory McIlroy together. They need to be spread out. So I think that the other way to create a real powerful team is to put Rahm and Hovland together. I think that Rahm, he, he's not had as much success as he. He's lost two, he lost two matches in the Ryder Cup um, in team format and, and only won that one singles, obviously, against Tiger Woods. And I think now he needs to he needs to have a chance to get a winning start. So I think that him and Hovland would be a really good pairing. And the obvious one at the moment is Rory and Shane Lowry. Now, uh, we're just speaking to Matt Cooper on the podcast, and he was saying that Patrick Harrington spoke about the fact that he likes to, it's kind of a red flag to put nationalities together. And I think that would be concerning if it was someone like Sergio Garcia and John Rahm, who I think have absolutely zero relationship at all. Um, you'd just be putting them together just because of Spanish and hoping the Spanish flair works out. Whereas I think that, that Rory and Lowry have significant reasons to be together. They, they've partnered each other um, or at least spent weeks together at the Olympics together. I think they you know, generally get on quite well. And I think their games complement each other. I think that both are capable of getting streaky with a putter. Both ball strike pretty well. Um, Rory's obviously got the edge off the tee. But I think that Lowry definitely stands up in the, in the ball striking department from an approach point of angle. Yeah, it's there's so many ways to kind of go about how they could do it. Um, I agree. You've, you've talked into me um, the need for getting Victor off on the right foot. You know, that was something where I almost, I want someone to bring the fire out of him. And the person that, that jumped to my head, who obviously is one of the, the best Ryder cup players, you know, of all time 
would be Ian Poulter. And, you know, kind of pairing that short game with Victor's long game, I thought could go out well. But do you justify sending Ian Poulter out on Friday morning with with kind of his play? I mean, his trends have been much better, yes. But I would struggle to see that pairing of Westwood and Sergio going out on on Friday morning, even with, I mean, that history is significantly dated from their success together. But maybe they are just really throwing things at the wall, knowing that there are, you know, just potentially finding, you know, that that past momentum and just building off. I don't know. I'd just be very puzzled to see Westwood, who I think is in, the worst form of anybody on the team, arguably Hatton is, is right there with them. And based off of these pressers, it, it looks like both of those guys could end up playing uh, on Friday morning, which is really puzzles. So the, the thing that I had um, for me is, is I kind of put some teams together just before I did sort of the shows last week. And it was Ram Hovland, Rory Lowry, and then I put Hatton and Casey together. And the reason being is they played together back in Paris. Yep. Um, I think they can play foursomes. They didn't that week, but I think they could. Um, I think Casey's underusing that. I actually think Casey's going to be very, very important this week if he's allowed to be. Um, I think you get Hassan out there early to see what you've got with him, right? If he's struggling, uh, not only with his form, but also the golf course, you're going to figure it out early on Friday morning and you tuck him away for the rest of the week. And I think it's the same with Ian Poulter, which sounds ridiculous because of the player that he is. Um, but you look at the past couple of Ryder Cups and he hasn't been as effective as he has been. You know, you always remember him beating his chest at Medina. You know, he gets the points against Dustin Johnson at the Paris Ryder Cup. So he does his job in singles, never lost, four wins, one half. Um, and I think he's still stubborn enough to go and get a victory uh, in a singles, especially if he comes up against the likes of Daniel Berger, um, you know, or maybe Colin Morikara, who's slightly unfit, you know, slightly short of hitter. I think he can beat any of those just from pure stubbornness. I want him to find out. I want the European side to find out what he's got to offer on this golf course on Friday morning. If that means going with Sergio Garcia, who I also think has a lot to prove on this golf course, because leading up into this week, I thought Sergio Garcia was going to be a significant part of this team. His ball striking Agreed. has been excellent. I thought that him and Tommy Fleetwood would make a good pairing, and I think they could do still. But I think that you want to put Sergio and Polter out together um, in the hope that they can kind of muster up some sort of experience. And and they both, no one loves the Ryder Cup more than those two. Maybe Lee Westwood, I suppose, um, but he just simply isn't playing that well. Um, but then that means leaving out Tommy Fleet without the morning session, who I think, from everything that Podrick Harrington is saying, is probably going to have a big part to play. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I love having Tommy play a significant role. It makes me oh. very concerned, I think. Um, I do. You you do you trust him? No, I do. I, I agree with you. I think that okay. I think that happens to rely on it. You know, you looked. I looked at the the top European score, you know, points, and it was kind of like uh, Roy McIlroy uh, and John Rahm as co favourites, and then Fleetwood tucked in behind. I thought there's a lot of faith in somebody that yes, okay, he performed incredibly well at the Golf National, which is a course that he'd already won at, and he played with a partner that had won, had, had finished runner up three times at that golf course as well. They both have elite ball striking, but two of the best ball strikers in the world at the time. He's not got that guy this week. I think Sergio is hitting the ball incredibly well and could be a veteran presence, but it just seemed to be that that was going to be really, really hard to ever replicate that kind of relationship. Like it was, it looked like it was going to be hard to split up Spieth and Reed, and they've obviously done it by going to Justin Thomas, who's probably the only guy that Spieth could strike that up with. 
I don't quite know how you give that kind of comfort to Tommy Fleetwood. The only thing I did think about what I was talking about earlier is if you put Fleetwood and Casey together, I think that could be a really good partnership. But you are just guessing, aren't you? This... Yeah. And what's going to be intriguing, I think, in the sense from DraftKings is, again, I, I'm focus, focusing on, just like I do with the WGC match play, I'm focusing on the amount of matches to be played. Because at that point, it's the more matches played, the more opportunities you have to accumulate points. I think that's very straightforward, but often gets kind of misused or, you know, potentially, you know, people either get too cute or want to guarantee themselves victories if they match players up. You know, my in my head, I'm trying to create six golfers that are going to go five and up. You know, that's that's how I'm creating a DraftKings lineup. And to do that, you want to have golfers that are paired together, in my opinion, Friday mornings. Hopefully, if you see what Tommy and Molinari did, you know, in Paris, they continue. They're not they're going to let them keep playing, you know, together. Ideally, if the success is rolling, they're together Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. It's not. That often I would say you you rip through four um, together, but if you are going to go four and zero and you're going to do it, I think it's amazing to have them paired together in a DraftKings lineup. That's normally how I do it. So I avoid them also playing against the United States side. You don't want to have golfers at least in that morning. I, it's very difficult to structure it where they avoid each other the entire time unless you stack a single side. And with the amount of um, I would say, you know, just general consensus on the betting line. Everyone's betting the United States. You know, it seems rather fair. It, even, I mean, how far the line has moved, it's going to be heavy stacks on the U.S. side. And DraftKings salaries are easy to fit in. So I think overall we're going to see the European guys under-owned. But if you even want to get risky and stack even significant on the European tour side, <clears throat> it's just more of a game theory play. Potentially your conviction, Tom, is not there, even though you're wearing the colors. You know, your fashion, both of our fashions, a little bit better than what they are going to be wearing on the course. We know that. But if you, you know, how how much is it a flip of the coin when you play a, a heads up golf match? We see the top golfers get beat all the time at the WGC match play, you know? So I rather take risks and look at people who are, you know, maybe matched up against Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth on that first day. And what if it is, you know, Lee Westwood and Sergio Garcia, are you willing to roster that even though, you know, it might be 60, 40 the other way. Yeah. And this is the thing. So for me, like I have, Two players that I think can have significant impacts on the US side, and and, and they're playing together, right? And Xander Schauffele and, and Patrick Cantlay. So yep. I would always, uh, from a I guess a beginner's point of view in terms of DFS, I'm not no expert by any means. I would put those two guys at the top, and then what I'm trying to do is pick guys that are going to play together. So Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry in there, I believe yep. they'll play a number of games together, and then it's really a case of who can you afford, which is not a good position to be in. Now Harris English, I think, could have a good week sneakily at fifty four hundred. Um, and Paul Casey's there at 6,800 and you know some of the shows I've been talking up I think that Paul Casey could have a really significant week now he's never had he's never I don't I don't think he's played five matches ever I think he's pretty much been restricted to three maybe four once um, and they've never come quite at a time when he's been at his pomp you know he's always had little breaks in between he, he missed the team once because he didn't follow the rules European tour set um, 
and then they let Roy McIlroy get away with it. So it was all very political. Um, he has been probably the person not named John Rahm, the most consistent player on this European golf team. You know, that without a doubt, Roy I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's close. No, no, and and he's actually closer to Rahm, I think, than the next guy is to him. Um, so the, the ball striking is just elite, and he's never hit it at this level. And now he's got a chance to go and turn the odds right. I mean, we spoke on our podcast before about how Paul Casey seems a different player ever since that PGA where he, he almost won when Colin Morikawa took victory away. Um, and, I, and I think he, he's ready to really step up. I think that you can partner him with uh, Hatton and try and get him rolling and, and when he's out of form. And I think he's a guy that can take rookies as well. I mean, we talk about Bernd Fiesberger trying to make the four ball uh, step up. Everyone talks about getting involved day one, four ball selection. I think Paul Casey could be a good partner there as well. Yeah, and, and maybe I overstepped when Hovland, I guess, would probably have a, a argument on being close to to Casey. I think both of yeah. them have been better than than Rory over the last year. Uh, what do you think of Rory this week? Because it's starting to grow on me thinking of what is needed to do well at Whistling Straits. I mean, he's one of, if they're going to capitalize on course fits, you know, guys that are elite off the tee. We saw the rough today. I mean, that rough doesn't even exist. You know, it's it's as polar opposite as you can get from the golf national. So, you know, Rory is going to be a one with some of these elite players that do fit the course. Well, so what's your thoughts on Rory? this week? So I was, I was not as keen on Rory until I kind of spoke to Matt Cooper on a podcast. who basically come out with a quote and I I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was basically that Rory McIlroy hated Pete Dye designs until he got to the PJ championship in 2010, when he told himself that he's just got to suck it up for a week, get over the fence. It looks a little bit funky finished tied third that week and then just went on a tear on them um, and, and won pretty much everyone that he played. Um, it was, I think he was 17th here in 2015, and that's obviously the most recent thing we've got to go by. And my concern is that week is everyone kind of focuses on the fact that no Americans won the PGA Championship that's been hosted here, right? You had Vijay Singh, you had Martin Kyron, and you had Jason Day. Well, Vijay Singh beat two American guys in the playoff, and there was another four guys in the top 10. Um, Martin Keimer had the opportunity to win because Dustin Johnson had a rules infraction in 2010. And in 2015, Jason Day beat Jordan Spieth in second, Brooks Kepper in fifth, Dustin Johnson in seventh, Tony Finau in tenth. So you can see what the model is. So for me, you've got four guys on the European team that you can really heavily rely on, I think, to produce that that style of play. And it is John Rahm and Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland and Paul Casey. I don't think there's any other member of that team um, you know, Shane Lowry included, who's obviously a very popular player this week, that can play to, you know, consistently to that PGA Tour style of golf course. The, the way that the American side are going to set this up, it is perfect for those four players. Now, whether Paul Casey does that and gets us to a good start on a Friday is going to be a massive, massive impact. But he'd be the guy for me out of the guys that are not being talked about as the one that could could surprise. I think that, that Rory, going back to you, obviously your question, I'm going off a bit of a tangent here, is that I think he's perfectly suited to this. I think that he is always looked at as a leader. You go back to Hazeltine, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Peters was put out on the first day without him. I can't remember exactly who he was with, but he lost that match. And then he played three with Rory, one or three, and then won his singles. Um, and that is just what Rory McIlroy does. So that would lead to him going with either Shane Lowry or Victor Hovland. Know, take a rookie out. I think he's spoken very highly of wanting to play with Victor Hovland. Um, he's been very keen on that fact. Um, and that would be electric, right? 
It's just my worry. My worry is is that if you take Victor Hovland away from John Rahm as a partner, who goes with John Rahm? I, I genuinely think that John Rahm needs someone at his level, at his ball striking level, at his streaky partner level, to secure that win early and often to to get him to grow into the right again. So. If I had to tell you who is the next best European tour or European Ryder Cup um, golfer off of the tee, you, you obviously we have the the ones we've talked. Who would be the next one? And if we adjust it, I mean, pulling up some data golf quick. If you kind of even look the last six months, if you want to shorten the time frame. Who is the next best golfer off the tee uh, on that team? There's, there's one. There's one Sergio. Yep, okay. that's the obvious. Who is right behind Sergio? I guess it's Rory. Well, I'm not including those guys. I think those okay. are clear, the clear right. four. So if we're trying to, you know, find these random partners, I agree. Yeah. Sergio, I hate that they actually, him and Rom aren't close because yeah. I feel like that would be a decent pairing personally yeah. because I, I want Sergio with a really good putter personally. I like the off difference in my opinion. Um, some people like it if you can just stripe it to, to death and you hope that, you know, Paul Casey and, and Sergio, you pair them together and one of them makes the six footer, you know, you, you can also, you can send that, but if they're alternating when those putts matter, in my opinion, I, I still prefer having 50% of those putts being somebody I can trust on the green. Um, so I trust John Rahm almost as much as anybody, um, when he's putting. So, you know, I kind of like that duo in my way, I set it out going out second on, on Friday morning behind Rory and Lowry. I actually liked the, the nationality pairs, um, but it's the golfer that you least fancy this week. I think on the European Euro Ryder cup team, Matthew Fitzpatrick is unbelievable off the tee. Tom, is there any chance that he can play a significant role this week? No. Okay. Uh, it- I'm guessing he's great off the tee purely on uh, an accuracy point. And, now, and I've said before that the, the Billy Foster said to me once that he can get it out there um, when he wants to. Now, I imagine he should want to more often because then he'd probably win more golf tournaments, right? Um, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see a path to success for Matthew Fitzpatrick. We, we fell into this trap at the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island, when everybody thought that Matthew Fitzpatrick was going to defy this long course odds and play really, really well there, and didn't. And and I think that's something that can happen this week again. Um, and I actually think he'll get hidden away. He's almost, I think, my sleeper for the week, personally. Um, and I just don't see who he pairs up well with. Well, he actually... I think you overstated how, how poor he did at Kiowa. He did finish 23rd there this year. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but you know, I, I just, okay. What the, the courses that he ends up playing well on, you know, at the end of the day, somehow be the long with more difficult rough. I think that is, he is longer than people give him credit for, but he is, it's significantly accuracy weighted. I, I definitely agree. And that realistically is not going to play much of a factor, but when I dig down, you know, deeper into here, you put Fitzy versus Westwood, you put Fitzy versus burned. You put Fitzy versus, I mean, the question is, is him versus Poulter and Hatton, I guess, in my opinion, is just kind of those, that's like the group of five. 
where I have significant question marks on all of those. I trust Shane Lowry's recent form enough um, more than those, but you're going to need one of those five golfers. And I guess everyone's going to say it's Poulter. It's, you know, their next pick is Hatton, but can Fitzy Westwood or Burned play a significant role? I mean, heck you do probably have questions like we talked about with Tommy. So you have six golfers when you're including Sergio and Lowry into guys that we trust, but there is an entire duo that we are searching for or partnered up with the elites that we are searching for who can win this for the European tour, the European, I keep saying European tour, the Euro Ryder cup side, you know, who is going to be that guy that steps up. So let's go down the list then. Do you think Westwood can provide anything or is he more of the mentor role? He's a mentor. Your conviction for this team, Tom, it's just, you know, Inspiring. I can't. Yeah, I cannot wait for Europe. I I've never wanted to be so wrong in my entire life. Um, Wouldn't it be amazing? This would be this would be almost the biggest. It felt going into League Off National that I actually thought that the Euros, you know, without a doubt, were going to take care of business. That week. yeah, this week the sentiment is still strongly that you know there's no way the U.S. team can lose. And that's and that's the problem, right? Is that is that they walk into that every single time i think the only thing that's stopping this being different from before is the fact that the u.s side has six rookies and three players that have played one Ryder cup yeah and you look at the three that have played one Ryder cup there's justin thomas who was exceptional in paris on a course that people never thought he'd fit despite the fact he played well in the open to france there before you had tony finau who absolutely waxed tommy fleetwood on the sunday you had bryson dechambeau who played terribly but had to play with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson in their probably last Ryder Cups. Um, you know, so the the only way I can see Europe succeeding is if a Matthew Fitzpatrick comes out and performs the complete opposite to how I think he will. If he is the guy, because because I have no faith in Lee Westwood, which pains me to say because he's one of my favourite golfers ever, I have little faith in Tyrrell Hassan at the moment. I I'm leaning towards Tommy being fine, but I don't. I'm still not convinced. Burnt Beesberger, you have no idea what you're going to get, and the other guys are rookies, right? So it's there's there's, there's always only been four guys I'm really keen on. My concern is that Fitzpatrick had one shot at the Ryder Cup, and maybe I'm just being harsh on him because of how he performed in that one Ryder Cup. But he was put with Henrik Stenson and Hazel team, I think, to take advantage of Henrik Stenson's ball strike and his putting. They were just trying to merge two opposite games together and hope that. They both excelled in one point and it worked in Austin at Shuttles. Can they try and do that this week? I mean, one, who do they do that with? Does it, that means he has to go out with, with Ram or Victor or Casey or Rory, which seems unlikely. Then there's all this talk about him going out with Westwood and because of Billy Foster. And it's like, we would be absolutely crazy to send those two out together in a pairing. Matthew Fitzpatrick then gets absolutely destroyed, I think, by Zach Johnson at Hazeltine, uh, a guy that has a similar skill set. There's just no good memory for Matthew Fitzpatrick in the Ryder Cup. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to end up making the team on the wrong years. He's going to keep coming up in these American uh, Ryder Cups and just be in a port. If he was at the Gulf National, he'd probably have a great time. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope for your benefit and I hope for what you're targeting and, and maybe for listeners now because you need to find an edge that he is successful because 
otherwise that there's not too many avenues you can go down from a European point of view because I think it's just very obvious you've got to shoehorn Rory, Rahm, Hovland and maybe Casey into your lineups. And if they are going the way the pressers were, that means Fitzpatrick is either playing with Rahm or Casey. Well, I, I guess I don't imagine they put Rahm and Casey together. Um, that to Plus me, the ASU, uh, yeah, you know, link, yeah. I guess, but they didn't do that. What, what, because people looked at that, didn't they? And I think if they were going to do that, they'd done it in Paris. Why yeah. would they have not done that and jump in John Rahm's first? First, you know? yep. So if that leaves Rahm and Fitzpatrick, it's interesting because it completely goes against my thought process that Rahm has to go out with someone that can keep up with him off the tee, can keep up with him with his approaches. If he can get a guy that he trusts every single time to put his putts in the hole, um, maybe he likes that. I, 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 you have This is the problem that we get with the Ryder Cup is that we find out on Sunday, after a team's won three matches, that they're best friends. Like, there's no idea that Tommy Fleetwood and Francesco Molinari were that close until there was a picture of them in bed together with the Ryder Cup trip after they'd gone four and I was a pair. You know, it just, it, you cannot predict it. And and maybe Patrick Harrison has found something in Fitzpatrick and John Rahm, analytics or otherwise, that makes it work. Because I can't see, like you say, the other candidates being the, uh, the option. Yeah, that's that's kind of where if I had to pick out the sleeper of the week, that's that's where I'm kind of relying. Because again, trustworthy off the tee and trustworthy on the greens. His approach game has not been very good. You know, that that's something that Fitzpatrick's, you know, his demise over the last, you know, I guess since the Scottish Open. Um, but yeah, I think he's where I really lean and based off the pressers that could play the role that is needed for success. And he is only $5,600 on DraftKings this week. Um, It seems that Shane Lowry is getting love for if the European tour side is to manage some points. You know, if Rom, I guess if you're looking into bets in addition to, you know, Rom or Rory being the top European point scorer, Shane Lowry, I think has been, you know, lowered all the way down to nine to one on DraftKings Sportsbook, um, which is, you know, quite low. If, if you look at just the top European point score um, overall, he's 20 to one, but you can still get almost double that number in Fitzy at 16 to one. If he's going to get paired with some of these bigger guys. And I'd be okay if he's with Casey or Rom going out there um, on Thursday afternoon. And again, this is speculation. We, we won't know until Thursday afternoon at the earliest um, of what they're going to roll with, but he's where my heart is. Now, did you see the burn Beastburger selection this week on Twitter? Did you see who? Oh, Tom, your favorite, your favorite. I'll read the tweet. FYI, Europe is winning the Ryder cup and burned is going to be a big reason why you have all been informed of my thoughts. Tim Anderson, 87. Oh, <laughs> poor old bird. He's going to miss the riding up completely. We are going to have to call up Justin Rose. He missed the plane. Uh, Bro- Burn- Broberg, dude. Broberg. He's Broberg. Yeah, Broberg can make some putts. Um, but look, I, I, I like the point you make about Fitzpatrick. And I guess, is there a time, a, a lag between the, the pairings getting announced on... Thursday night 
and the odds adjusting for the more you know before the morning sessions because if you you, see, you can be quick enough I, I bet yeah. you can be quick enough because if you see Fitzpatrick goes out first thing on Friday morning that would suggest that he's going to play often same with Paul Casey I think and Paul Casey was somewhere that I was sticking my like flag in um so tough to see it being I definitely don't see it being burnt beast burger so that's that's great from Tim um I don't see it being Lee Westwood the way he's playing I think I mean ultimately the, the odds are right aren't they you know John Rahm is where he is Roy Macquarie is where he is John Rahm still you know regardless of whether he's only played one or not he's still got to prove it I mean he had two four ball matches and he played with with Justin Rose and Ian Poulter and lost both of them now they had tough matchups um you know, especially in, in terms of Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. But, you know, he was a good player then. I know he's a better one now, but he was a good player then. And, you know, he beat Tiger Woods on the singles. So I think Rory McIlroy has always proven that he's capable of getting at least three points on American soil. Um, so he's a very obvious candidate. I guess it depends then what you think Victor Hovland's going to do. Because I, I can't see how he doesn't play five matches unless he is just horrendous in the opening session which i cannot see that being the case um because he's what the freshest guy on the team he is one of the best on the team um this is going to you think a golf course for him it's just my concern with taking these top three guys in in iran warrior victories you're really gambling on who they get paired with like everyone thinks rory is a good bet because he's gonna get paired with larry and larry's a good uh you know pairing to have if larry isn't good which is possible you know he doesn't always play where one expected to then suddenly rory gets lit down you know the curse of being one of the best on the team is sometimes you have to carry somebody else whereas sometimes there's a little mid-range of guys where if you put a paul casey and tommy fleetwood together for example they could just roll and then you've suddenly got an eight to one and a ten to one chance of of those two guys being the top point scorer so <laughs> I think it's it's so hard for me to say because I find it so hard to see Europe winning, and which seems so crazy when I think I, I, I looked at they've won five. The USA have won five of seventeen renewals since nineteen eighty five, and only two of the last nine. But I just think back to Medina. Like I don't, I still don't think, despite the fact it's called the miracle of Medina, it's given enough credit for what Europe had to do that week to to claw it back. They had to get eight and a half points on Sunday just to win by a point that is ridiculous like even when we clawed it back on saturday we were still 10-6 going into the singles down and we had to win first the first five matches that's i just can't see the usa giving up that kind of lead again and that would mean that you know you're looking back at the last three Ryder cups and they they won them pretty handily so i don't know I like the guys. I like you coming on, giving us optimism. Um, I like the fact that when you you read more about it, statistically we're not that far behind off the tee, and you know the camaraderie is great, and we're going to win because of that. But ultimately, sometimes talent just wins out. Yeah, I mean, I know the battle I'm going up against, arguing for it, but there's obviously increased odds when you look into this side of things. Matthew Fitzpatrick's 40 to one to be the top combined point scorer for the week. You know, like he he's 5,600 on DraftKings. But if we put ourselves in the game theory scenario, what have you sat here and said, Bob McIntyre would have taken down, you know, Dustin Johnson's pairing at the WGC match play when he was with Kevin Na, you know, and, and you know, what have you seen 
I believe it was maybe one of the top seeds got through this past year in Austin. It, it's match play golf where at the end of the day, the variance of 18 holes is, is wide. You know, it's, it happens on 72 holes, but 18 holes can, can happen enough where if you think of it in the what if scenario, you know, where, where these guys catch fire and you're able to do it, how will that pay off versus, all right, I'm going to play Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. I'm sorry, Tom, but Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay together, the four most obvious plays. And then, okay, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll find either more Americans to, to get it with, or, you know, whoever's, you know, cheap enough on the Euro side. That's where if you flip the script and they're a quarter of the ownership, the payoff is significantly higher when it's a game theory, when you're playing against a hundred thousand people. Um, so that's how I'm going to approach DraftKings this week and hope to really get lucky and know that the cards are, are stacked against the, the Euro side. And I think the funny thing is as well, is that like, I think we sometimes sit here, right? And you hear that Winston Strait can play out to 7,800 yards. And you suddenly think that Ian Poulter and Matthew Fitzpatrick and Lee Westwood can't reach the green on a par four. Like, it's not an issue. All that's going to happen is they're not going to have as, as short a club going into a par five. Yep. They have dealt with that their whole career, and they have succeeded and overcome the odds multiple times before. You mentioned Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's finished at Kiowa is better than I remember. I guess I just got burnt because I was so excited about him being really, really good, and T23 obviously wasn't good enough. Um, but he's a guy that played, you know, plays well at Augusta when he shouldn't. He's a guy that plays well... Anywhere he hasn't really played well is the Open, which is somewhere that he is expected to play well. So I guess the other thing as well is whether the weather comes into, you know, into It was play. windy and gross today there. Yeah. And does and the idea is that if it gets windy and rainy, it makes it more open championship. It makes it more, you know, linksy and we can succeed. Does it just make it even stronger again for the, for the, the Americans because they can – hit through it and keep it further. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be watching like Ian Poulter 50 yards behind Bryson DeChambeau. And it's yeah. all right because he's going to beat his chest and Bryson can't actually hear him doing it because he's so far ahead of him. Like, it's so tough to see success when you think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. I, I think the more difficult conditions end up being, it means the greens are harder to hit and we have – you know, some, some decent around the green players. I mean, so does the U S side, you know, I think again, the more difficult probably means the variance might crank up a little bit, even more versus just pitch and putt all day long, which if it's benign, you know, some of these guys can do it. Um, but I, I know we've talked way longer than I promised we would, um, you know, on our Euro side, but do you have conviction, you know, picks that you think are, Without a doubt, whether you think the Euro side is going to win or not, who is your favorite place in the Euro side? I like Paul Casey. I think I think there's a really, really good chance he's important this week. Patrick Harrington talked about wanting to stack ball strikers for this golf course. He hasn't got a better one really than Paul Casey in terms of consistency. I know the guy like you know John Rahm, Rory, Victor can all kind of beat him on any given day, but Paul Casey just delivers the goods all the time. Um, I did like Sergio, but when I looked at his course history, he's kind of gone two missed cuts in the 54th. And again, I know that's in PGA Championships. I know they've come in different types of form and he's playing really well this year. So it's, it's really tough to, to rule him out. Um, I kind of like, 
I kind of like taking Lowry, but it's just going to be the obvious play. Like it's just, it's just going to make so much sense to everybody else that you kind of have to look elsewhere. And I just, I don't have the conviction that you have in Matthew Fitzpatrick. If I did, then that would be a really good play. I guess the obvious thing would be that Tyrrell Hatton just flips the script and just turns it around, plays with a guy that I think is going to do really well in Tyrrell Hatton in the, in the early sessions, and they just roll with it during the week because no one needs to tell, no one needs me to tell them that John Rahm and Rory McIlroy are going to be the leading scorers for for Europe. So I think people might watch this and think that I'm trying to convince myself that USA and others that USA are just going to dominate. So that I can go, <laughs> Europe have done it. No, 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 they've done it again, and and I can, you know, convince myself of the worst and expect, uh, you know, just so that when it comes, it's, it's such a. Percent. I genuinely just don't see Europe winning it, and and that's not because I don't think we're good enough. I just think that the the, the test of the golf course, the way it's going to be set up, there's going to be no rough. The, the flags are going to be in the centre of the green. They're not going to muck up the Sunday pins like they did at Medina. Um, it's just camaraderie, isn't it? That's the word you're going to hear all week is that the USA team hate each other. And I don't think that's the case this time. Well, I, I think the other, in addition to the camaraderie, is the strategical setup that I yeah. do think the, the the Euro side has continued on. And it actually dawned on me why DraftKings says they'll play two matches. And I it's just, you know, from the data side of things, what we saw the President's Cup, you know, when Ernie kind of set up and the President's Cup, I believe you're guaranteed two matches um, is the way okay. they do it there. So I think that's a built-in old rule. Now, again, DraftKings, the Cup Golf that's available right now with 100K to first $10 entry is Friday, Saturday, Sunday combined. There will be showdowns um, for each of the days too. But the way that I, again, I'm trying to really roster is, in my head right now, and based off the presser, I think Fitzy is going to be paired with one of the big guys, and he would be my conviction play at $5,600. However, if he is not going out Thursday morning, I'm not willing to risk you know, somebody who we may not see all – I mean, if he's not going out Friday morning, you know, I'm not willing to risk him not playing at all on Friday because if you only have a guy playing three matches, you're, you're already you know losing, in my and opinion. And to be honest, if he doesn't go – out Friday morning, he's not going out. He, even if he goes out in the afternoon, sorry, because we've had a bad session. I want to mix it up, and that goes wrong. There's no way he's playing Saturday. Yeah. Like we we are chasing, and we need all the big guns out. And he will just literally play one match, maybe two, out of just pure like sympathy. Because yeah. and that's what happened at Hazeltine. There was no reason to use Matthew Fitzpatrick until they had to just kind of find a way to put him in. Um, so yet we've, I think the idea is to try and find the DraftKings. You can obviously do it because the part is different, um, is to wait for those pairings to go out, uh, and hope that Fitz is going in early. Then of course, obviously people are going to cotton on to, to what you've said, but yep. hopefully we can get people thinking earlier on that. Um, I mean, who, so, so we've gone to both ends of the spectrum here in terms of the most expensive and the least expensive. Do you think there's a guy in the middle that just has a better week than they're being projected? Um, I'd say the worst price is is Tommy is the fourth most expensive guy on DraftKings. The odds have, have shifted back a little bit where he is still, I think, overpriced and, and odds like you mentioned but he's the fourth most expensive guy on the team i, I can't i don't like that with well, paul casey is the clear and i actually think paul casey might end up being higher owned because of that there's no way he should be 6800 
when Sergio and Tommy are are more expensive than he is. So to me, Casey is the clear misprice. Um, you could almost say Lowry would be as well, just focusing on the Euro side. So maybe they end up being the highest owned of the Euro values because based off of recent form, you know, they end up being. So I think those are the two most likely to um, be, but they're also and it kind of helps you as well that Lowry is in that $6,000 price because, you know, everybody's just going to go there regardless of what gets said throughout the week now everyone's just going to go to it and even if Fitz is going out in the morning on Friday Lowry will still probably be going out with Rory or someone similar and still be the popular pick so you can probably pick Fitz at one at a really discounted price but two at just zero ownership I believe yeah and if he ends up not if someone random gets paired if Byrne goes out Thursday or Friday morning, you know, if, if something funky happens and and Sergio and Westwood do play on Friday morning, you just have to capitalize on if they win, if, if Sergio and Westwood win Friday morning, I guess, do their, do their bodies have the ability to play 72 or I guess what 90 or 80. We never have to go above. So 90 holes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do, do their bodies have that? Capabilities could Sergio and Westwood. I bet Sergio can. Are you going to send Westy Westy out for five sessions, even if they go two and zero oh on Friday or win the morning on Friday? Probably not. That's that's a lot. Um, yeah, that's where the presser is just a little bit random because it leaves Hovland not with the main group, and you can't imagine that he is not playing Friday morning, unless there's just really trying to, well, to get analytical. And I just wonder if maybe they are just doing exactly that in the sense that they're just going to split John Rahm, Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland and just say, look, you three guys are all going to play five sessions. You're going to have to mix and match with guys. You're not going to get to play together. Um, and, and we're just going to use you in different places. You know, you could put Hovland with Ian Poulter and then you could put Hovland with Westwood and you could put Hovland with Tommy and, and just keep splitting it along that way. I, but if it they just, win, do you think they would split them up? If they win Friday morning, are they going together in the alternate shot on Friday afternoon? Westwood and Sergio? No, I'm saying if if uh, Victor, anyway. if, yeah. if Rom and his partner win, if Rory and his partner win, if Victor and his partner win, do they mix it up? Are they that strategical that four ball and foursomes, they're going to play it differently? Because maybe I, I, I'm I think thinking so. that people can run through like they did with Fleetwood and Moly, you know, that yeah. they could just keep together the whole week. Maybe that's just a, a pipe dream that you imagine guys just just doing that. And that was the one off scenario. But the U.S. guys feel like they could. So that's where um, I'm wondering how strategic they might get. So I have I have four teams in total, two on each side. That I think if if it was me and I don't have all the information that Project Harrison, all the brain that Project Harrison has for this, this tournament, I would just want to put Rahm and Hovland together, knowing that they're at least going to win one session in the, in one day and one session the other day, and and I'd want Rory and Larry together. And then I think that you could just, you just roll with them through the first two days and as many sessions as they want to play, as long as their form is good. Um, so I think they're they're the two clearest paths to to all, to go all the way through. That it's they're the two pairings that could do. They fleet with a Molinari. I don't think there's another. There's not two more guys that that are not top and bottom like Fleetwood and Molinari were, where they were both just in that comfort zone of of being the extreme ball strikers. There's not, I guess, someone like Paul Casey and Sergio Garcia, but they're not going to play together. That's just not going to happen. There's two veterans together. So, 
Yeah, I, I think it literally comes down to if Rahman Hoblin could put together and Rory Narrow could put together, they could roll for two days and four sessions. Um, and I'd like that. I'd really, really like that. I don't know. I don't really care what analytics say. I don't really care what they looked at. If you put Rahman Hoblin together, there is going to be a victory at some point. Yep. I don't disagree there. Um, I think we got to come to a close with yeah, a lot of yeah. thoughts three days in advance. Um and we're not really going to be locking those in until, I mean, you know, I know you're kind of uh, writing some content this week across the the industry, which I'm very excited for you and looking forward to reading um, and kind of making some selections um, there. But I'm still very up in the air based off of where we see those pairings. And that might mean I'm, I'm building lineups so the wee hours in the morning on Thursday night because I want to have those guys that are, are being paired with our Euro studs. Um, and right now it looks like it could be Hatton and Fitzy and, and kind of play that angle, um, especially Fitzy uh, for me. If that that goes, I have my finger ready to bet him as a top European point scorer um, and, you know, really get overweight on him on DraftKings. So hopefully that ends up coming out. I would do it with another golfer. Probably Hatton would be my next selection of those guys that we we viewed as risky. That bucket of Fleetwood, Poulter, Hatton, Fitzy, Westy, Burned, trying to seek out two of those guys who can play a significant role is where I'm going to spend this week. Um, but Tom, where can they find you on Twitter? Cause I know you'll be, like we said, uh, writing some content across the industry. Yeah. So it's Tom Jacobs, 93 on Twitter. Um, you're probably going to get sick of seeing me this week, but, uh, you know, I'll be posting a lot of content to so keep an eye out for that. Uh, and hopefully I'm right. Like you say, it's just really hard to produce content like this on a Monday of a ride cup, not knowing anything. Like you can just you can dive into the presses and they could just all be sat there at random points with random times. You know, it does happen historically that it works out. But I had something that I thought was really, really good in Paul Casey, and all of a sudden it could look terrible if he's not paired with the right guys. So you know, you just have to really wait until Thursday to be confident. Yep. And if you see those guys roll out and you're willing to to wait. And maybe the odds might dip, but, um, you know, you just got to take advantage um, when those parents, that's the most you can guarantee. So get unique on DraftKings. If you believe the Euro side um, has a shot, like I do, uh, if things fall the right way, then, then you know, maximize your opportunity to take down a big prize this week on DraftKings. Um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Fun week ahead um, and good luck to everybody.